Our Old Testament lesson for this morning, though, will be uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 26, which can be found on page 512 in your pew Bibles or 987 in the large print. That is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 26. Before we read, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this day that you have made. We thank you for the ways that you have been working in our lives, the way that you have been seeking us out. And we pray that you would give us a passion for you. Now that we would, um, we would not just want to know about you, but that, Lord, as we do learn about you, that you would stir up within us a longing for you, a desire to be with you. God, we pray that um, as we hear your word read and proclaimed this morning, that you would give us ears to hear, that you would give us eyes to see, and that you would work in our hearts today we would come to love and trust you more, and that you would continue to conform us to the image of your Son, that we would be transformed from the inside out into the people that you created us to be, in relationship with you through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 through 26. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge the watery depths were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side. 
and will keep your foot from being snared. Turning then to our New Testament lesson, it comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. We found on page 952 in our Pew Bibles or 1825 in the large print. Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Paul writes to the church in Philippi, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have been looking at the parables that Jesus tells about the kingdom of God, where he actually begins each parable by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like, dot, dot, dot. And we've looked at several of these so far, seeing how the kingdom of heaven is not like earthly kingdoms. And, uh, and this week, in particular, it might seem like we're not moving forward. Because the parable that uh, we have before us today sounds an awful lot like the one that we had last Sunday. And in fact, Jesus tells these two back to back, and they're usually preached on together, and the idea is, well, it's, it's the same basic point, which I agree. And so on the one hand, I could have just put them both together, preach them last week, and then this week, we move on to something else. I could have. I didn't. We just read in Philippians, Paul started by saying, it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. In other words, I think repetition 
might be a good thing, especially about those things that are really important and really easy to ignore. And so when we hear the message last week, and we go, all right, I got it. And then seven days have passed. And right now, even people who were here last week are going, what was last week again? I don't know. So it is no trouble for me to preach these same things to you again. (laughs) And it's a safeguard for you. This is the parable for this week. It's in Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. That's all. Where Jesus says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. There it is. I'll read it again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The story is simple. That's pretty easily understandable. A guy who trades in pearls, who knows the value, looking for, looking for pearls, finds one that just blows him over. And he's willing to give everything for it. There's the story. But Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. That somebody would be willing to give everything for the one thing that has greater value than all the rest. And this is where everybody says, well, that looks a lot like the, the parable from last week. Just to refresh your memory, for those who weren't here, uh, last week we read, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. And again, we have someone who is selling everything they have to buy the one thing because it's of greater value than all the rest. All the rest added together can't compare. But there are some differences. I want to point that out before we look at what they have in common again. One of the, uh, one of the differences is the man from last week just sort of stumbled upon it. He wasn't out looking for treasure. He just found a treasure. But when he found it, he did know what he'd found. It was obvious. It's a treasure. It's worth more than I've got. And so he goes and joyfully sells everything he has so he can get that. The guy this week, the guy going out looking for pearls, he's a merchant. Pearls are his business. This is what he does. This is what he knows better than anything else. And he's out looking for pearls. Doesn't just stumble upon a treasure. He's out looking. And then when he finds it, he knows what he's found, even though others wouldn't. And with a treasure hidden in a field... It'd take an odd person to find a treasure hidden in the field and have no idea what they're found. However, there are probably very few of us in this room who could tell the difference between a really expensive pearl and a not very expensive pearl. I promise you I couldn't tell the difference. My wife can attest to that. I don't know. The point being, that with a pearl like this, the merchant knows what he's found, but others might have no idea. Others might look at him, like we were talking in the children's sermon, and think he's crazy. 
because they see him selling everything he has to get a pearl. Big deal. And he may be the only one who understands what a big deal it is. This is one of the differences. What is it that, um, what is it that has in common, though? Oh, wait, I forgot one of the other. One of the other differences is these people don't necessarily seem to have the same amount of money. One is just a guy. And he sells everything he has just to get a field. Well, in the story of the pearl, we're talking about kind of a, a jeweler who deals in expensive goods, who probably has a lot, and in fact has to sell all of that to get the one pearl, which back then pearls were priced quite a bit higher than they are today. And this would have been a very, very expensive thing to acquire. So the amount of money is a little bit different, but what is the same? Same as the percent. How much did it cost the first guy? 100%. Everything he had. What did it cost the second guy? 100%. Everything he had. This looks like it's a story of, um, of economics. It's not. This would be a weird economic system to set up where everything costs a certain percentage of what you had. Like, all right, you want to go buy a car? It's going to cost you, you know, 35% of everything you have. All right, somebody else comes in, they've got a lot more. It's going to cost you 35%. That's a weird economic system. But Jesus isn't teaching about economics. He's teaching about love. You say, where did you get that? I didn't see the word love in there. <laughs> no, but Augustine talks about how sin is actually a problem in our lives of having disordered loves. Loving things out of order. Jesus says the greatest commandment is that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Of course, second is like it, to love others as ourselves. So which of us does that? Anybody here love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, all of the time? Or are there other things that get in the way? where we put other things in that first place position of what we love. This is where that 100% comes in. The reason this man is willing to sell everything he has, given 100%, going all in on this one pearl, is because he loves this pearl more than everything else he owns. It's got the first place position. This is a story about our loves. And in, in our lives, we tend to turn away and love other things more. And so we fall for all the distractions and the temptations that the world has to offer. And we find ourselves holding on to things that we shouldn't. And we find ourselves trying to give God little bits here and there as though that's what he's looking for. It's not the right page. This may be the wrong. Maybe the wrong book. 
try that page in here. Not there either. Oh, how sad that is. Well, I will read you a story from here. First, I'll tell you one. There was once a young girl who, uh, who got a string of pearls. Talking about pearls, we'll go this way. She got a string of pearls. They were not anything close to the real thing. But still, they were her treasure. She loved the string of pearls. And she wore them all the time, except whenever she would uh, go swimming or take a bath, because her mom said they might make her neck turn green. But still, other than that, she loved them. And um, one day her dad, though, came to her before bedtime, and she's wearing her pearls. And he comes into her and he says, Honey, do you love me? Oh, of course I love you. And he says, Will you give me your pearls? Well, I tell you what, tell you what, I will give you, I will give you my favorite doll because, you know, I do love you that much and it's my favorite of all my dolls. I'll let you have my doll if you want my doll. That's okay. Go to sleep. A few days later, the same scenario. Honey, do you love me? Oh, of course I love you. Will you give me your pearls? Daddy, no. I, I know, I... I'll give you my I'll give you my art set. I don't like anything better than my like my art set, right? I give you that. That's okay. Go to sleep. Well eventually, as this goes on, and do you love me? You know that I love you. You give me your pearls, and finally one day, it breaks through. And as a tear comes to her eye. Yes. And she takes off her pearls. And she hands it to him. And he reaches out his hand to take the pearls. But with his other hand, he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a velvet box. 